0: Welcome to the Simply Resilient Podcast, episode number 64, Impulse Control and Allowing Urges with Bruce Ellertson. My name is Jessie Ellertson, and I am a certified life coach and a military wife who is in the trenches of life with each of you. This podcast is for military wives who know how to handle the challenges of deployments and frequent trainings, but want to improve the experience that they are having in the process. If you are ready to thrive while your husband is away, then you are in the right place. I have a very special guest with me on the podcast today. My son, Bruce Ellertsen, is here to help me record this episode. Welcome to the podcast, Bruce. Thanks. So, can you
1: introduce yourself for my listeners? Sure. So, I am nine, and I am in third grade, and um, I am in Chinese immersion.
0: Awesome. How do you like that?
1: It's pretty fun.
0: Can you say something for us in Chinese?
1: Sure. Uh, Ni hao. Ni means yeah. sir shama. That means, hi, what is your name? Awesome.
0: So, Bruce, have you been nine for a really long time?
1: No, I have not. I have just recently turned nine. When was your birthday? Um, on Tuesday last week.
0: This week? Yes, just a few yes. days ago. Just a few and days ago. And what did we do for your birthday?
1: We um, went on an airplane to San Jose with that my dad flew, and then we just went straight back on the air um, after 30 minutes.
0: In the airport? Yeah. So, was this the first time you've ever flown with your dad as the pilot?
1: Yep. I was the first one in the family who uh, who flew with my dad. And did you
0: know about it, or was it a surprise?
1: It was a very, very good surprise. <laughs>
0: We had so much fun, didn't we? And they made Bruce feel so special on the flight. The pilot announced him and the flight attendants announced his birthday and told everybody, you know, he's sitting in row six. When you walk by, wish him happy birthday. And the flight attendants gave him a present, a bunch of candy, and it was so much fun. Really, really good. Good birthday surprise. What else do you like to do, Bruce?
1: I also like to color and uh, sports like what? Um like basketball and soccer.
0: And you like hanging out with your friends?
1: Yes, a lot.
0: A lot. <laughs> awesome. Okay, well we're excited to have you here today. Before we get into the topic, I want to tell you guys a little bit about a company that I've been working with and I'm so excited to share with you because as military spouses, you're going to love what they do. So a year ago, I was googling How much postage does it take to mail postcards to Canada? Because I have some friends from Canada from life coach school that I wanted to send my Christmas card to. And I always do my Christmas cards as postcards because they're cheaper to print and cheaper to mail. And I love that. I love saving money on and I love to mail it to everybody. And if they cost me a lot to print, I probably wouldn't send out as many as I do. So that's the way I always do my Christmas cards. And when I Googled postage for postcards to Canada, this website came up called Nanogram. And it had all this postage information. And so I was able to see how much I needed to send my postcards to Canada. And I thought, Nanogram? What is that? That sounds so interesting. So it was just very random how I found them and I clicked on the link. And this is at the beginning of December and I was able to learn about them and that it was a subscription service to have printed photos mailed to your loved one every month. And I was looking for a great Christmas present for both my mother and my mother-in-law and this just fit the bill perfectly because both my mother and my mother-in-law love to have printed photos of their grandkids, but it is just such a hassle to get photos printed. And another really cool thing about this subscription service is that you get a unique phone number to text or email your pictures to straight from your smartphone as you're taking them and You can share this number with, you know, your siblings or whoever you're wanting to also add pictures to the list to be printed. And that way your loved one who's receiving the printed photos in the mail is getting pictures from even more than just you. And so it was perfect. I set up my mother and my mother-in-law on this service and gave the the unique phone number to all of my siblings and all of my husband's siblings. And then every month they get 25 printed photos in the mail. And one of my favorite parts is that I get text reminders throughout the month. So I don't have to keep track of it at all because I knew that would just be one more thing to keep track of. And I would forget and forget to send in my pictures, even though it's so simple, I would still forget to do it because it would just be one more thing. But I don't have to remember. I get a text reminder at two weeks before it's ready to go to print and one week before it's ready to go to print and three days and 24 hours and three hours. So I never have to keep track of it. I always get all those reminders. And sometimes some of my siblings won't have sent any pictures in. So for we're down to, you know, the final day before it goes to print, I'll send a text to my brother and say, Hey, get a few more pictures into mom before it goes to print, you know, and it's just so great because then they get all these pictures of their grandkids and their kids and everything that they're doing. And they have them in the mail. And it's so fun to receive mail. And then they can do whatever they want with the pictures. Both of my mother and mother-in-law have, you know, photo boards that they put up so that they walk by and just see their grandkids in action all the time. And it's just been so great. And I love the service so much and have had such a good experience with the company. Every time I would bring up any request or a need, you know, send them an email because I was confused about something or needing clarification on something, I would just get a response right away and just solving any problem I was having or, or anything. And I thought, man, they have great customer service. And my both of my mothers were loving it. And I thought it was so cool. For Mother's Day this year I decided to sign up for my own subscription that I don't even share the phone number with anybody. I just send twenty five pictures to myself every month because I love having printed pictures. I do lots of things with them. My kids hang them up in their lockers at school or do different like art projects with photos and I have photo boards myself and when my husband is away, especially for you know like a deployment, and I send him care packages, I love to have tons of printed photos to choose from to send him lots of pictures in every package so I just love having that I love having printed photos but I was only ever making time for it like once a year to go print photos and because we have a camera in our pocket at all times I don't know if you guys are like me but I have so many awesome photos and it takes me forever to go through them all and pick the ones that I want sent to the printer so when I would do this once a year when I'd finally make time for it and sit down and do it once a year it would take me hours and hours to go through all my pictures and pick the ones I want printed and then I would love to have you know hundreds of printed pictures but I just really started to see the wisdom in doing it this way it's a little bit more than printing it on your own but it's so convenient and so so much more doable way less daunting because then just every month when it's time for the photos to go to print I just go through my recent photos and if I don't have a full 25 there I'll, you know I'll get maybe 15 or 20 from what I've taken that month and I can just look through them really really fast and text them to this unique number and then if I didn't get to 25 then I'll go back older and find some you know gems from the past and just grab a few of those really quick so that every month I'm getting those 25 in the mail and just have tons of recent pictures for my kids to use and for me to have next time I need to send a Package to my husband. Anyway, that is the whole foundation of what Nanogram is. But then here's the fun part. So he has had something in the works. Uh, Alex Cook is the owner of Nanogram, and he had an idea. A little while ago about a year ago for a similar subscription service but dedicated to soldiers who are away from their families so that way military families could be signing up for the subscription service for their soldiers who's who is deployed so that he can be getting photos in the mail regularly from his family and i emailed him probably this summer, because I had that same idea. And I said, you should totally do this for military families. They would love having something so easy, knowing that their loved one was getting mail on a really regular basis. You know, they're also sending care packages, but maybe they're only getting to those like once a month or even less frequently than that. And for their loved one to be getting photos in the mail, even weekly or biweekly, because there's a lot of options through nanogram and milligram. It doesn't have to just be monthly. You can set your quantity and your frequency just for whatever works for you. And so as military families, knowing that their loved one was getting, you know, five photos in the mail every week or 10 photos in the mail every other week or whatever, and to be able to do it so easily from your phone would just be such an awesome thing. And he wrote back saying, I'm actually in the works of that right now. So we were out just on the same page there. We thought that was such a good idea. So I've been working with him a little bit on this, just giving him some of my experience and, and what it would be like for me as a consumer, as a military wife and being in a military family. Anyway, so he has been building it. He's launched the product now. It's called Milligram. So it's just kind of a branch off of Nanogram. And it is just such a cool service. And I would love for you guys to go check it out. The website is ht tps colon forward slash forward slash milligram dot co so m-i-l-i-g-r-a-m dot c-o and i will link to that in the show notes and when you go there you can see that again you can customize it in whatever way makes sense for you as far as frequency and number of photos based on what fits in your budget and what fits in the needs of your family and your soldier and so easy to use easy to set it for the length of time that your husband's going to be away or you might even be like me and love it so much that even when maybe when he's done with his deployment you'll just switch the pictures to start being mailed to your house. One thing that I think about when it comes to this service is that even though we can email our husbands these photos right they have them on their phone there's nothing like holding a physical picture there's nothing like getting something in the mail you know it's a, just a taste of home it's a taste of real they can hold it they can touch it they can hang it by their bed they can hang it at their desk these photos of you and your kids and everything that they love and are missing so much and there's really almost nothing greater that we can give Uh, Our husbands, when they're away, then these printed photos, just sending our love to them. I know when I send care packages to my husband, he loves them. But definitely his favorite part of the care packages are all the photos. You know, he loves the treats and the, the toys and the fun things. And those are like momentary joys and pleasures. But the photos are what he keeps through the whole deployment. And are what come home in his bag where the other stuff usually just gets used up thrown away left behind you know which is exactly what is supposed to happen with it but So anyway, go check them out. Milligram.co. Let me know if you have any questions. If you don't have a, if you're driving or whatever and you can't write that down, just go to my website, simplyresilient.net. Click on podcast and go to the show notes for episode 64 and the link will be there and check it out. You will love it. Okay, so now let's get into what we're talking about in today's episode. So today we're talking about impulse control and allowing urges. And the reason I wanted to have Bruce on for this episode is because he has taught me so much about learning to control impulses and uh, taught me, I've really, he's been the one that has pushed this a lot and tried my patience in this area, probably more than my other kids, but he's taught me so much in what I've needed to do as a parent to teach him how to control his impulses. So Bruce... Give me some examples of impulses that you're working on controlling.
1: Well, one is watching the little girl's TV when before we go to school and after.
0: So you mean like sometimes I turn on a show for the little girls, but my older kids have things they need to be getting done, like finished getting ready for school. But if I need to take a shower or something, I'll put on a show for the little girls and then I'll find Bruce in there watching it with them instead of getting his work done, right? So we talk about impulse control. Okay, what other impulses are you trying to control?
1: Well, another one that I'm working on is being in charge of the little girls.
0: Like feeling like you should be in charge of them when you're not? Yeah. So how does that go?
1: Not very good.
0: So you get a little bossy sometimes? Yeah. Yeah. Anything else?
1: Well, I think, yeah, there's another one where I get really dirty and I don't want to take a shower.
0: (laughs) No, I think that's just a bad habit. Yeah. What about when you've been working on not lying a lot recently, right? Because you know you shouldn't lie and you don't even want to lie. You want to be a person who doesn't lie and yet you lie pretty frequently about small stuff, right? So talk to me about that.
1: Well, my brain, my lower brain tells me that let's just get out of the work and be not and lie about it and pretend like we actually did it. But really, that just gives us more work.
0: Why? Why does that create more work?
1: Because, well, uh, it gives me work, more work. Because on not doing it, I'll, I'll have to do that and more because of how, because mom gets mad and because I lie.
0: Right. So. <laughs> The little story that your lower brain tells you is that mom will never find out, right? Yeah. I'll tell this lie and mom will never figure it out. So he might say, you know, I'll say, oh, Bruce, did you get your bathroom clean? And you didn't. You didn't get it clean. And you have that moment of decision. I have an impulse to tell a lie right now to just be like, oh, yeah, I did it. And then I think that I'll be able to do less work. And so you do. You say, yep, I got it done. And you think mom will never find out. And then I go in your room and your bathroom and it's a mess. So then you get to clean your bathroom and do extra chores as a punishment for lying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're learning that lesson kind of over and over right now, yeah. yeah yeah, that's still okay working on it. Of course we all are honey. Okay, one thing I want to insert here really quickly is we are I want you guys to be able to envision this. We are camping right now. I brought my laptop and my microphone. and Bruce and I are in our excursion. We drove away from my family. So that we could find a quiet place and record this podcast episode for you all, because I didn't want to miss a week just because I was camping. <laughs> I'm really committed to putting out an episode every single week, no matter what. So I didn't have any recorded ahead of time. So here we are recording during a campout. So you might hear an occasional four-wheeler drive by or something. I'm trying to limit that external noise. You might also hear, you know, the wind blow or something. But another perfect example of impulse control is that Bruce has to hold really, really still while we're recording because my microphone picks up every little noise, every tap, every rub, twist, chair squeaking noise. And he's having a really hard time holding still, but he's doing doing such a good job so we occasionally will stop recording so that he can wiggle and make noise and roll around in the car and then we keep going again so I keep having to say Bruce stop tapping stop twisting (laughs) because he's he forgets that he has to hold perfectly still and he has a lot of impulses to wiggle and move and make noise right Bruce yes I do we're going to finish talking about impulse control and then move on to talking about allowing urges Okay, so impulse control and urges are sort of interchangeable, but the way that I am categorizing them in this episode is that impulse control is something that we learn to manage more when we're kids, and I'm trying to put most of those examples in that category, and then urges are things that we work on allowing as we move into adulthood, but we definitely still as adults do struggle with impulse control, and we definitely as kids have urges, so these aren't perfectly divided between kids and adults, but You'll see as I go on what I mean by all of that. So some examples of impulses that we have are the ones that Bruce has already shared, like lying and being bossy and watching TV when you're supposed to be getting ready for school, right? Some other ones are yelling, hitting, slamming doors, uh, asking a million questions. Kids struggle with that one a lot. Some that I've noticed just this week from our camping trip are playing with the fire, (laughs) stomping in the dirt you know kids will ask themselves like let's see what happens when I stomp in the dirt or poke someone or hit someone or rip something or cut something you know they have these impulses to just try this see what happens whereas usually we kind of graduate from this as we get older and more mature we think oh when I hit someone they'll scream and I'll get in trouble so I'm not gonna hit someone right but little kids don't quite think it all the way through like that They just answer that impulse, hit someone and then get in trouble. Um, Some other examples are to, you know, be rude or um, to drive really fast, to be lazy, to daydream, to say everything you're thinking, to call someone out, to prove people wrong, to be in charge. We talked about that one. Another one I thought of would be like I remember as a kid uh, would be shoplifting or stealing. I would think as I'm in the checkout line with my mom, I would think I could just slip that candy bar in my pocket. Like no one would know, you know, it's just these little lies that we tell ourselves like this won't be a big deal And I probably won't even get in trouble, you know And then that's just like an impulse and as we get older we get more experience and more maturity We just know how to control a lot of those impulses again Not all even as adults we struggle with impulse control, but we know how to say oh, I'll just pay for the candy bar or I'll just leave the candy bar there because I don't even want a candy bar, you know? So as you start to understand what impulses are and how to control them, I think it's really important to understand that we are not our impulses. It is a normal function of our human brain, our lower brain, but because we are human, it is so normal to have these impulses. Like for example, even though I'm a nice person who doesn't wanna break the law and likes to work hard and get things done, I still have impulse to drive faster than the speed limit, yell at someone, slam a door, prove someone wrong. You know, all these things that don't really fall in line with who I am and who I want to be. But having those impulses is not indicative of who I am. It's just normal. It's just normal to have the impulse and then normal to know, like, I'm not going to do that. So Bruce, tell me one thing we've been working on, like, like with the example we did with the lying, what is the sentence that I tell you to say to yourself when you have the urge to tell a lie?
1: Well, she says a lot to remind me not to lie. My lower brain says, just tell a lie. Your mom won't fi- won't figure it out. And then um, she says, well, I used to do it too sometimes where I say, I get why you want me to lie, but I just won't. So that I don't get in trouble and get more chores. Yes,
0: yeah, so you just tell your brain like, it's okay. It's totally normal that I want to lie, but I'm just going to tell the truth instead.
1: Yeah. Like yeah.
0: that. That's so good, bud. Thank you. You're welcome. I think it's important to get that relationship with your lower brain and get that relationship with impulse control to know that we don't need to shame ourselves or beat ourselves up for having the impulse, even if it's not in line with anything of who we want to be, that it's just part of being human is having impulses that we're not going to answer. Okay, so now we're gonna move on to talking about allowing urges. So I want to give you some examples of urges. And again, these are pretty similar to impulses, but I feel like it's kind of that next level of maturity. So a place that I really see urges in my, myself and in my kids and in my clients is that we'll have the urge to solve for uncomfortable emotions. So we'll have the urge to solve for hunger, the urge to solve for boredom, for restlessness, anxiety, nervousness, loneliness, stress, and there's a, there's a few ways that we answer these urges. I've talked about this in a previous episode, the one that I did with Zach Spafford about buffering. But buffers are a common way that we, rather than allow an urge, we answer it and we, we satisfy the urge. So for example, we use a buffer to satisfy an urge rather than to just feel the, feel the uncomfortable emotion and some examples of buffers. And I wanna say, I'm gonna list these buffers out. I call it like the spectrum of buffers. Because there are buffers that have a a big negative effect. We call it a net negative effect. And there's buffers that have almost no effect. And then there's buffers that even have like a positive effect. But we just have to watch to see if we're using these buffers to escape emotions. And then you can decide if you want to keep doing it or stop depending on what kind of, you know, net negative or net positive effect it has on your life. So we're going to start on the side of the spectrum that has the most net negative effect. So those buffers would be like drinking alcohol, doing drugs, using pornography to answer those urges. So for example, so when you ask somebody who drinks alcohol and maybe is trying to drink less alcohol, why they drink even when they don't want to be, it's usually because they were stressed or they were anxious or they were nervous or they were bored, right? So they have some, ex- they have a set of circumstances that they're having thoughts about, which will create those feelings of restlessness, you know, stress, those things I just mentioned. And then the action will be to drink alcohol and it will relieve that uncomfortable emotion. But it's important to understand that the only reason it's uncomfortable is because we're not, honestly, we're just not used to feeling it. We typically will answer these negative emotions and these urges to answer these negative emotions pretty quickly. So we're just not familiar with feeling them all the way through. I'm gonna finish giving you my spectroscopy spectrum of buffers. So you can see that they're not all that extreme, but not that those are super extreme. Those just tend to have a pretty big net negative effect in your life. Um, And then we'll talk about some things you can do to practice And get familiar with and more comfortable with just feeling these negative emotions all the way through. Rather than answering that urge to satisfy them. So some more buffers are, these ones still have a net negative effect but not quite as dramatic. And that would be eating food or shopping, you know, whether in the store or online. Spending money can be a buffer. And those have a net negative effect sometimes on your waistline and your wallet. (laughs) Um, And then there's some that are pretty neutral like... TV watching TV you know being on social media sleeping you know things like this where you're really just losing your time that you could be doing something else and I'm not saying you shouldn't watch TV or be on social media again you're just or eating food or consuming alcohol you're just watching for if you're using it as an escape So if you decide like, oh, yeah, I watch TV, you know, at night for entertainment. That's so different than like, I'm so stressed because my kids are driving me crazy. So I just I'm going to go escape to my room and watch TV for a minute because I can't sit with this stress. Right. Or to um, relieve the stress in a little bit more, a little bit healthier way. And then there are even some buffers on the spectrum that are have a pretty good positive, a net positive effect. And those might be things like reading, exercise, you know, self-development, listening to podcasts, doing house projects. All of those things are really enjoyable and can be done in really non-buffering ways but can be used as buffers. If you're ever escaping your life into a book, escaping your life into a house project, escaping your life. And when I say escaping your life, I really just mean escaping those negative emotions that your thoughts are creating. I once heard the need for buffers explained so beautifully and I want to see if I can relate it here because it really helped me understand why buffers can feel so important and so strong and hard to resist the urge to do them and it's like your brain feels like a prison to you. This is that need for escape that we were talking about and the buffer is this big button in your brain that is an escape hatch out of prison and when you try to just use you know willpower and whatever to not use the buffer to not use that big escape button you're just muscling against that urge right to not escape your brain that feels like a prison to you and when you're able to master allowing urges that I'm going to talk about here in a little bit and really learn how to manage your mind and become good friends with your lower brain and all of the impulses that it offers you and all the urges that it offers you and all of the you know unproductive thinking that it offers you, when you learn how to coexist with that, then your brain no longer feels like a prison. So then rather than just trying to ignore that big escape button, there just aren't bars up in your brain anymore. It doesn't feel like a prison and there's no need to escape. It's it's the difference between treating a problem and treating a symptom of a problem. And so sometimes some of these buffers are addictive behaviors like drugs and alcohol and pornography. And the way that we are commonly taught to overcome an addictive behavior is to have that goal of sobriety. And that is like... While sobriety will be a great outcome to achieve, it's almost like a side effect of learning to not need the buffer, right? So when we just have the goal of sobriety and that's all we're focused on, I feel like that's when we're asking our brain to, I'm still in a prison. It still feels awful to be here inside my brain. I still need an escape and look, there's an escape, but I'm just going to ignore that big red escape button rather than, so that's treating the symptom rather than treating the problem, which is the need for the buffer in the first place and why it feels so strong and why it feels so hard to answer and learning how to allow urges and not need them to escape your brain learning how to have your brain not even feel like a prison because you learn how to use it more effectively and you learn what is so normal that goes on in your brain that doesn't need to be avoided or escaped and that is treating the problem and then the happy side effect of that is sobriety from, you know, maybe an addictive behavior or some of these buffers that you're trying to to do less of. So if you have a problem with, I mean, this isn't an episode on buffering, so I don't want to get too far into this. But if you have a problem with, you know, online shopping, buying something online is the escape from your brain. But then when that experience is over, you're still in prison. So if you're wanting to spend less money because maybe you're in debt or maybe you're trying to save for something, you can just say, don't online shop, don't online shop. Or you can figure out why you have such a strong urge to spend that money. Right. And then start to learn how to allow for that urge rather than resist it or give into it or all those things. And and then the result will be that as you learn to allow that urge and have your brain be a more comfortable place to be, that you will spend less money. So you'll get you'll get that result you're going for without that being the sole purpose of the work that you're doing. Okay, I want to give you a couple of other thoughts into how we work on allowing urges. And this is still in a pretty simple way. I'm not gonna go too deep into this uh, for this podcast episode. But I, like I was mentioning earlier, the only reason it feels so uncomfortable to allow an urge is because we're so unfamiliar with not answering it. And so that's something I've actually been working on with my kids is showing them that there's no problem when we don't answer an urge. To teach our brains that nothing has gone wrong, it's not even gonna hurt us. It's just an an unfamiliar emotion to allow urge kids are often hungry and bored and feel like those two emotions are the end of the world so I've been trying to teach my kids that it's actually not even any problem it's not painful it doesn't need to be solved for especially with you know hunger and boredom they know that in their immediate future they will be eating and doing something fun so I want them to be able to just sit in that moment and feel hungry and feel bored and feel that urge to do something about it and start to show their brain like it's okay I can just be hungry I can just be bored there's no problem here nothing needs to be solved for so how what's that little technique that i taught you guys to help you handle that
1: well um you can just say um to your brain it's okay this isn't gonna hurt you it's not the end of your life
0: yeah and i taught my kids to pet their brain like pet their head because i want them to learn that that concept of being friends with their brain like it's okay brain that you're really bugged right now that we're bored right Yes. So you pet your brain and then tell me more of what you say.
1: You say, you pet your brain and then you say, um, like... Like for
0: the, for the bored one, what would you say?
1: You would say, it's okay to be bored. It's not going to hurt me. I can just sit here and feel bored. So that I can practice it for for my future and be able to be like this.
0: Yeah. And, you you know, in an hour, you won't be bored, right? Like, you know that fun things are coming or interesting or exciting things are coming your way. And just right now, you're bored. Yep. What do we do in, like, in the car when you're bored sometimes? Tell them about Caveman TV.
1: Sometimes, like, when we're bored, we... M- Mom tells us to look out the window, and we call that caveman TV, because if there were caveman, they didn't have TVs, so they would just look outside.
0: And it was like a new episode every every hour of the drive, right? You just look outside. Yep. Another place we watch caveman TV is when we're like sitting around a fire. We just stare into the fire. That's caveman TV. What's another example? Don't we have a third one?
1: Uh, I. Looking at the sky and the stars.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, last night we were doing that. We were camping, huh? Just staring up at the stars. And sometimes your brain will be like, this is boring. I want actual TV. And you're like, no, it's okay. I'm just going to watch caveman TV.
1: (laughs) And in real life, when you're just looking at it, it's actually pretty cool to just watch stars. Lots of them. Like, there, we, Maren, my sister Maren spotted Mars. She spotted Mars. Oh, um, and, um, we all looked and it was cool really
0: cool and we saw the milky way oh man you guys this has been a really fun camping trip
1: it has really
0: fun i want to teach you one more tool to help you become an expert at allowing urges it really is a simple concept and these tools are very simple but that's all it takes really it's that's why i love that my practice is called simply resilient everything i teach you on here is not complex it is simple but it's in these simple tools that These problems are overcome. So, this is one that I learned from Brooke Castillo, and she calls it the urge jar. And so, what she has you do is she has you pick something that you have an urge to do. And I actually have a couple more examples of urges that I didn't include earlier that don't go quite along with buffers. But as adults, we have urges to think old thoughts that we're trying not to think anymore. We have an urge to be right very frequently we have an urge to be self-deprecating and beat ourselves up these are things that we're working on doing less of as we work to manage our mind and become good friends with our brain and make our brains not feel like prison we need to be nice to ourselves and to work on that opinion we have of ourselves and to work on letting go of those old thoughts that we're trying not to think anymore and to work on letting go of being right you know it's just okay to be wrong so these are urges that we're still going to have we're going to have the urge to be right the urge to be mean to ourselves the urge to think those old thoughts we you might also have an urge to speak when it might be better to be silent in a moment or text someone or call someone when it might be better to just wait until everyone calms down or until you get more information right? If we're trying to resolve for some of those uncomfortable emotions, like I was mentioning earlier, and some that I didn't mention were, you know, worry or suspicion or things like that, we might have an urge to check the news every 20 minutes, right? And we can tell ourselves like, that's not really helping me. It seems like I'm resolving this worried feeling, but really, I'm just getting more worried. (laughs) Okay, so Brooke Castillo, when she teaches about the urge jar, and you should totally go check out her podcast episode on it, but basically she teaches that you pick one urge that you're wanting to focus on. Because we all, once we start looking at our urges, there's so many, and we can get overwhelmed, but she wants you to not worry about all of them. She just wants you to pick one that you're trying to get a better hold of, manage a little bit better, one that you're wanting to become an expert on allowing. And then you get some kind of container, you know, a jar with beads or marbles or something like that. And you put a hundred beads in a bag and you have your empty jar. And then all day long, this is just going to help you measure this goal that you're working on. You're saying every time I have an urge, like say, say what you decide to work on is yelling at your kids. Okay. We're going to pick one. Every time you every time you have the urge to yell at your kids, but go count to 10 or something to calm yourself down a little bit and still discipline them or whatever they need, but don't go all the way to that yelling that you're trying to do less of. You know, we're not all trying to never yell at our kids. I, I feel like the parents I talk to are mostly just trying to yell at their kids less. So none of these things do we have to just be like 100% perfect in. But if you're just trying to yell at your kids less and you're wanting to show yourself how many times that you... S- just kept using your words instead of going to answering that urge and going to yelling then you would put a bead in the jar every time you felt the urge to yell uh, you know acknowledged it called it for what it was allowed for it pet, pet your brain and say it's okay i can see why you want to yell at your kids right now but that's not going to help you and it's not going to help them what they need is a timeout, or what they what you need is a break or whatever and you just kind of have that this can be like a 10 second allowing right and then you go count to 10 or whatever it is that calms you down you make a little plan in your brain for what you need to say and do with them and with yourself right in that moment instead of the yelling you allow for that urge that desire to yell you know it's okay that you have the desire and you're just not going to do it anyway it's totally fine you don't even have to stop wanting to yell you can want to yell and still not yell we don't need to chase that desire away or or answer it or salt for it or anything we can just want to yell and not yell then you go and you put a bead in the jar And the idea is that when you have allowed that urge a hundred times, even if you yell at your kids in the mix there, like maybe after 10 times you answer the urge and you yell and then you go, you know, 10 more times without and get 10 more beads in the jar. And then, you know, so throughout all 100 urges, you you answer it a handful of times in that mix. But by the time you get to allowing it a hundred times instead of answering for it, that that feeling of allowing it will be as familiar to you as answering it, which will make it much more comfortable which is what makes you an expert at allowing that specific urge and then in turn allowing for other urges because you're now a person who knows how to do that and then you pick another one to focus on and while still maintaining that one you've been working on you add one more in and you say okay now i'm going to learn how to allow for my urge to get on my phone every time I'm stressed out like get on social media or check news outlets right and I like going on social media and I'm gonna plan to go on twice a day but not as an escape from my life or an escape from my brain because I don't need to escape my brain it's not a prison these are all just new thoughts you're working on thinking if you've needed a lot of escapes from your life and your brain you're working on looking at your brain in a new way and looking at your life in a new way that is all it takes to make it not be a prison anymore you're wanting to mend that relationship with yourself and with your brain and with your life so that it doesn't feel like a prison anymore and you don't need escapes from it this is some really amazing work to do you guys and it's pretty life-changing i'm excited for you to try it out there's so much that I didn't get to in this episode because this is this is you can get really deep in this stuff, but I just wanted to give you a really good overview of some of these concepts and also some small, really doable tools you can already start doing to apply these concepts into your life and then just reach out to me if you're wanting more information or more guidance or direction in any of these areas or if you have any questions about anything that I talked about today. So your mission for this episode is to pick an urge you're wanting to work on make yourself an urge jar and get to work on it and see how that feels. And then also that simpler tool of petting your brain when you're feeling something that normally you're like, Oh, I'm so, you know, I'm so undisciplined. I can't believe how much I want to yell at my kids or I can't believe how much I just want to eat chocolate or whatever the urge is. Instead you say like, it's okay. I I get why you want to eat chocolate. Eating chocolate feels good right in the moment, right? And you start to pet your brain. Like it's okay, brain. We're just bored. We're just hungry. It's okay, brain. I'm just nervous. This is what nervous feels like to just start to Get on that same page with your lower brain. You want to be on a team with it as you work on managing these urges, these impulses, learning how to control it, learning how to allow it so that you can become the master of your life and of your brain with your lower brain instead of like trying to get rid of it or or, or ignore it. It's going to be amazing, guys. You got this. Okay, our hot mess moment for this episode is actually a little bit of a, as a camping story from earlier this summer. It's a quick one. We went camping. And it was a couple hours away from our house, a place called Payson Lakes. Really beautiful, super fun. And my kids were helping me pack and pack for the little girls and get everything in the car. And Brad was out hooking up the camper and doing all those those kinds of things. And we got everything loaded up and drove away. And when we arrived, we realized that nobody grabbed my youngest, my at the time my two year old's suitcase. And so this was, this was the kind of, we were up in the mountains. So this was the kind of camping trip where you're hot in the day, but freezing cold at night. And so we didn't have her swimming suit. We didn't have her coat. We didn't have, um, you know, play clothes for her anything. And fortunately, right at the last minute, as we were leaving the house, I saw a warm, fuzzy, footy pair of pajamas that had just come out of the laundry for my two-year-old. And I thought, I'll just bring even an extra pair of pajamas in case we need to layer her up with what was already packed in her bag. And I put those in my purse. And if I hadn't done that, man, we would have been a mess because she wore those a lot of the time and they kept her really warm. And then in the day, we just kind of came up with this makeshift thing that she could, like a t-shirt that she could swim in. And fortunately, because we had my four-year-old's suitcase we had some of her clothes that we could fit on my two-year-old you know they were big but it worked and but we didn't have a coat for her and so she ended up wearing we we layered it up with like four layers of different shirts and things and then on the very top she was wearing like a swimming suit cover-up as her coat and it was so funny anyway she was a trooper and she just looked like a ghetto homeless baby the whole time we were camping and it was so funny to just completely forget her suitcase and so as we packed for this camping trip and and the past couple we've done this summer we everyone says make sure we have hannah's suitcase it's like a little family joke now so that is my hot mess moment for you for this episode thank you so much for being our guest on this episode today bruce i really appreciated your input and all your insights thank you did you have fun
1: yes i had lots of
0: fun will you come back again maybe <laughs> okay thanks bruce bye say bye in chinese
1: Zai goodbye
0: Are you ready to take what you are learning here to the next level? Then join me for resiliency training. This is my monthly coaching program that includes a private coaching session with me each month, along with weekly content and individual email support. Start anytime for just $100 a month and continue at that rate as desired with no obligation. We can all use a little help sometimes to get through the difficulties of military life, and that's exactly the boost this program will give you. Sign up on my website, simplyresilient.net. I can't wait to work with you.